0: God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance. The heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. In the wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set.
1: Hallelujah. All right. So we thank the Lord for this opportunity in this season by the grace of God who consider the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry. And I pray that by the time we are done, we would have appreciated in detail, what the work of the ministry is, and then also our participation in this way. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Yes. So today, I want to share with us concerning the priesthood. When we talk of the work of the ministry,
0: we speak of priesthood. The Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works,
1: which were before ordained that we should walk in them. So I want you to be very attentive. And then also, I want you to feel free so that if at a certain point you want to pray, you can pray whilst I continue to preach, okay?
0: I think one of the things that makes us waste time is that we finish preaching before we pray. So some of the things that must follow, we have to now go through a long process to get there. So when you are moved by God to pray, I want you to pray. And you can pray whilst you are listening. So you don't need to necessarily shout and disrupt us. Hallelujah. Please do you understand that. Yeah. So I want you to listen that way. I've already mentioned this to you. From this point, this is how I want you to listen to the word of God. I want you to listen to it so that it's a spiritual exercise. It's not just something that you are capturing
1: into your memory. It's an impartation, impressions that are being made upon your heart. Do you get
0: it? So if you feel like praying in the cross of the message, you can do so. Amen. So when God is changing us, when God is transforming us, there is one aim in mind. And that aim is that we come to the place where we produce good works. Hallelujah. So the reason why God is transforming you, God is seeking your transformation and your regeneration is so that you can come to that place where you produce good works. Amen. Now, those good works are what is called the priesthood. So in spiritual things, the priesthood speaks of good works. Hallelujah. It means that the priests are those who offer such good works. Remember, everything is seen abstractly before we see it as it operates in people. So, the principle of the priesthood is the principle of good works. Hallelujah. The principle of the priesthood is the principle of good works. The principle of the king, okay, is the principle of the truth going forth to function, the truth going forth from good, or faith going forth from love. That is the principle of the king. But the principle of the priest, or priesthood, is the good works. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. In other words, our whole spiritual transformation is to bring us to the place of priesthood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we each become priests of God. That's why Peter said that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation see, so a royal priesthood in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 and 5, there's also an interesting thing there. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, so this is Jesus, coming to Jesus as that living stone, disallowed indeed of men, or rejected of men, but chosen of God and precious. You see? Then see what we also say, ye also are as lively stones or living stones. So we come unto the living stone, which is Jesus, you get it. Then we also become living stones. So ye also as living stones or lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are built up into a holy priesthood so that we do what? to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we have been called to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We have been called to be a holy priesthood. That is the calling of every believer. Hallelujah. Because you have been called unto good works. And in scripture good works is the priesthood. Now I want us to look at a few things concerning the priesthood in the Old Testament. I believe it will put a lot of things in perspective for us. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's read something from the Old Testament. Then we'll pick it up from there. So this is the Lord talking to the people of Israel. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 to 6. Now therefore... If ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandments, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Hallelujah. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and an unholy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So he said, if they keep his word, if they obey his voice, if they keep his commandments they will become a peculiar treasure unto him. They will be a kingdom of priests. So it's the same principle that I've explained to you. To keep the word of God, to keep his commandment, to keep his covenant, is what is involved in our transformation. Hallelujah. Where now we are joined unto the Lord. In being joined unto the Lord, we become priests. Because priesthood is the principle of good works. Hallelujah. Now, we know that The priesthood belonged to the Levites. Among the children of Israel, the priesthood belongs to the Levites. So it was the Levites that were chosen to be priests. Is that the case? Now, the beginning of the priesthood actually is from Moses. Okay? It's from Moses. Now, the Bible said that the Lord called Moses and told him about the deliverance of the people of Israel. And the complaints that Moses offered to the Lord is that he cannot speak. He, Moses, cannot speak. Do you see? So the Lord says that, okay, then Aaron, your brother, will be unto you as a mouth, and you shall be unto him as God. So then Aaron comes into the picture. Aaron is the brother of Moses. Please understand that. And their great-grandfather is Levi. So Levi gave birth to three children. Do you get it? One of the children of Levi gave birth to the father of Moses and Aaron. So Moses is from the tribe of Levi. You understand that? Yeah, so Moses and his brother Aaron are from the same father and their father's father is one of the three sons of Levi. So now the law says that Moses, you are going to deliver the people and Moses says that no, he cannot speak. So Aaron comes into the picture so Aaron becomes the mouthpiece of Moses and this is for a reason and I'm believing God that we have the chance to look into that so Aaron becomes the mouthpiece now the mouthpiece here then speaks of how that the things of God are going to be brought actually to the level of the people that must receive it okay So look at it from that point. So if there's an idea, okay, for instance, maybe you have an idea in your head, right? If you cannot articulate it, it means that you cannot bring it to the level of those who must hear you in order for them to receive it. So the ability to articulate your ideas also has to do with your ability to communicate them to people. If you can't articulate them, they will remain with you. Do you understand that? So Aaron represents the ability of Moses to articulate his ideas to the level of the people. Hallelujah. And in terms of the arrangement of things, then Moses represents the Lord who is above the heavens. And the Lord who is above the heavens, according to the way he is, cannot be received by men. Hallelujah. Moses represents that. So the idea that Moses cannot speak, even though it seems like, It gives a negative connotation. Actually, it's speaking of how what is within cannot easily be received because of the state or the nature of those who must receive. What is of God, we can't just receive it in the way it is. It has to be tapered to our level. Please understand that. Aaron represents the beginning of that tapering. So Aaron represents here the highest heaven. And this is important to note because eventually Aaron becomes the high priest. Aaron becomes a high priest. So now, Aaron becomes Moses' mouthpiece in the sense that Aaron represents the highest heaven, where then what is of God is received, and then it is brought lower and lower, lower to the intermediate, even to the lowest heaven, to the world of spirit, and even to men. So what men receive of God pass through the heavens in order to reach us. You get it. It means that in terms of the quality of what is coming from God, it has to be tapered to everyone's level. It has to be tapered to everyone's level. And the heavens are there for that purpose. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: So now, the Bible says that Aaron also had sons. He had four sons. Okay? So, there's Moses, and then there's Aaron. Then Aaron has four sons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now remember, all these are from the tribe of Levi. Okay? So now, when the Lord started to talk to Moses concerning the priesthood. Now remember,
1: the priesthood is happening concerning the tabernacle. Okay, so in the Old Testament, there's a tabernacle, right, which translates into the temple. And the priests were
0: supposed to minister in the tabernacle. So every priesthood is because of the tabernacle. So in the tabernacle, there is the Holy of Holies, there is the holy place, and then there is the outer court. Hallelujah. The priest's duty actually is in the tabernacle. So without the tabernacle, there is no duty for the priest. Amen. So this tabernacle that I'm speaking of, then must be present before the priesthood now works. Amen. Now we know that this tabernacle represents the word of God. We also know that this tabernacle represents heaven. So the highest heaven, the intermediate, and then the lowest heaven. That's why there's the holy of holies, there's the holy place, and then there's the what? There's the outer court. In the same way, the word has an innermost meaning, an intermediate meaning, and then the literal meaning. Hallelujah. So when the Lord was speaking to Moses about the priesthood, he says that Aaron will be the high priest. Hallelujah. Remember, the priesthood speaks of good works. Amen. So Aaron being the high priest speaks of the good works that is represented by the highest heaven. Then there's the intermediate priesthood, which is by the sons of Aaron. So actually, according to the priesthood, it was the sons of Aaron who were supposed to be in the holy place. That's the intermediate place in the tabernacle. It was not just any Levite. It was the sons of Aaron. So Aaron was the priest, then his sons served where there is the table of showbread and then there's the candlestick and all that. The other side that, that's where the sons of Aaron served. Then we had the rest of the Levites serving in the outer courts. So they took care of the furniture and all those in the curtains and did all the things. And also when they have to move the tabernacle, they were responsible for doing all that. This is how the priesthood was arranged. So there's Aaron, Then there is the sons of Aaron. Then there is the Levites. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But all of them are Levites. Please do get the idea. But you see, the Levites are coming from three sons of Levi. But the high priesthood is coming from one of the sons of Levi. Please do understand. And that is where we get Aaron. And from Aaron, the sons of Aaron. So now the sons of Aaron are those in the intermediate room. Where there's a table of showbread and then there's a candlestick. Then the rest of the Levites served in the outer court. Please understand that. Okay. Now, concerning the Levites, okay, the Bible says that when they entered into the promised land, the Lord said that they should not be given any portion in the promised land. Okay. So, when they divided the land they didn't give them any portion and the bible says the lord is their inheritance okay so what made them still 12 is the sons of joseph manasseh and ephraim do you get it but the levites were taken out and they were not given the portion in the promised land and the lord says that he is their portion but he being their portion is also not just a nice thing because, please, the land that they are to inherit is not a bad thing. and that, it's actually their uniqueness and how they would express the Lord according to their uniqueness. Do you get it? So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but there is a reason why the Levites were not given the inheritance, and I want us to look at that. Hallelujah. So the Lord says that He will be their inheritance. But the history of choosing the Levites actually to become the priest is coming from somewhere. So this is the initial idea, that every firstborn son of every family is supposed to be consecrated to the Lord. Do you understand that? So according to the Lord, he's taking the Levites in place of every firstborn son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please get it. And it's also coming from how the Levites gave themselves unto the Lord. So there's a history again. And that is where Moses went to the mountain and Aaron made for the people a golden calf and then they worshiped it. And Moses was angry and he stood at the entrance of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? And it was the Levites that separated themselves unto Moses. So in that context, then the Levites became the people that separated themselves from the evils that the people were in. And because of that, they became the Lord's army. So in that day, the Bible said they killed about 3,000 of the Israelites. Moses asked them to take their sword and kill them. So they separated themselves unto the Lord, separating themselves from the evils that the people had entered. So the Lord is saying here that instead of the firstborn son, he's going to choose the Levites. I think we should read this one. Numbers chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. It said, And I, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of all the firstborn that opened the matrix among the children of Israel. Therefore the Levites shall be mine. You get it? Because all the firstborn are mine. For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast, mine shall they be, I am the Lord. Please understand that. So the idea is that all the firstborns belong to God. Now he's taking the Levites in place of the firstborn. So actually, when you read in Numbers, actually in this same chapter when you continue, you find that they counted the number of Levites that were there, counted the number of firstborns that were there. The number of firstborns exceeded the number of Levites, small right, and then they redeemed those number and then gave the money to Iran. So there was a whole exchange that took place for the Levites to become the people of God, God's inheritance. So this is how the Levites are coming in. They are coming in because the firstborn was supposed to be consecrated to God. Now the reason why the firstborn is supposed to be consecrated to God is that the firstborn represents the strength. Do you get it? And It's a sign that whatever a man is able to produce, it is through the Lord that it is produced. So that which comes out of a man, it is the Lord that brings it out through the man. Please understand that. So it represents the fact that the Lord is actually the bringing forth of good in every man. That's who the Lord is. He's the one that brings forth that which is good. So if a man is able to produce anything, okay, even the chiefest of his strength, it is the Lord that supplies that strength. So in terms of the concept of the Levites, as it replaces the firstborns, it's actually a sign that whatever the people are, it is the Lord that is like that in them. Please understand that. Please keep that in mind. It is the Lord that is like that in them. So the Levites replace the firstborns. So now when they shared the land, the Lord says that the Levites should not be given some of the land and that he is their inheritance. Now this is what also happens. You would think that, okay, then the Levites live in the temple, right? No. What the Lord did was that he distributed the Levites among the people. So even though the Levites didn't get a place to stay or a land for themselves, they were actually distributed throughout Israel. So in every tribe, In every area, you are supposed to find a Levite there. Hallelujah. Please understand. So it's not like they don't have anywhere to stay, so they are hanging around the temple. In this case, no. It is because, actually, whatever good that is found in the land, the Levites were supposed to represent it. And because of that, then they were amongst the people. According to what the Lord did,
1: he made them the judges of the people. So let's read another scripture. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 8. If there arise a matter
0: too hard for thee in judgment, between blood and blood, between plea and plea, and between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within thy gates, then shalt thou arise and get thee up into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, And thou shalt come unto the priests, the Levites, and unto the judge, that shall be in those days, and inquire. And they shall show thee the sentence of judgment. And thou shalt do according to the sentence, which they of that place which the Lord shall choose shall show thee. And thou shalt observe to do according to all that they inform thee. Hallelujah. According to the sentence of the Lord. So now here, the Lord is telling them what they should do. As the Levites are among the people, if you have a problem, you look for a Levite. Hallelujah. So when the Bible says that in the priest's mouth is the law, it's not just the law from the temple or the law from the tabernacle, it's also the Levite that is living amongst you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please understand that. So every Levite living amongst the people had a ministry. And the ministry was to be a judge among them and to lead them to the place of good. Does that make sense? That was the work of every Levite. Hallelujah. So now we have Aaron as a high priest. We have the sons of Aaron serving in the intermediate. And then the Levites between, I think, 30 and something, you are allowed to come and serve from time to time in the outer court. But the Levites were distributed amongst the people of Israel to live amongst them. And they were their judges. So it's like those days, every neighborhood you have a fetish priest. They that if there's a matter, you take it to the fetish priest. The fetish priest will show you the way of the gods. You get it? And then you follow. That was the work of the Levites. The Levites were supposed to live amongst the people and represent God to the people. Now remember, the work of the priest is to bring forth good works. Hallelujah. So then the Levite becomes the instigator of good works amongst the people as they lived with them. That was the work of the Levites. Hallelujah. So even though they worked in the sanctuary, they also lived amongst the people. That's an important thing to note. Even though they worked in the sanctuary, they also lived amongst the people and became the instigators of good amongst the people. That is the priesthood. Hallelujah. All right. Now back to the tabernacle. Now the Bible says that the tabernacle that Moses made, it was according to the pattern that is in heaven. So it means that there's a heavenly tabernacle before there's an earthly tabernacle. Is that the case? All right. So now this heavenly tabernacle is heaven. So Moses, the tabernacle that he saw, is actually heaven. So the sanctuary of God is heaven. Hallelujah. Please understand that. And so that's why then heaven, there is a higher heaven or the first heaven, the intermediate, and then the lowest heaven. Okay? So the holy of holies represents the highest heaven. The holy place represents the intermediate heaven. And then the outer court represents the lowest heaven. Hallelujah. So as you see Aaron, his sons, and the Levites function in the tabernacle according to their individual purposes. So Aaron had his work. mainly was the holy of holies. Do you understand that? And there he went once every year. His sons ministered in the holy place, and then the Levites ministered in the outer court. Okay. Now, if the tabernacle represents heaven, then actually, the priesthood that Aaron, his sons, and the Levites represent is actually a priesthood that is in heaven first. Because if this is a sanctuary, and It is men that must serve within the sanctuary. Then the angels of the highest heaven represent Aaron. Hallelujah. The angels of the highest heaven represent Aaron as a priest ministering in the sanctuary. The angels of the intermediate heaven represent the sons of Aaron. And the angels of the lowest heaven represent the rest of the Levites that serve them. Now you know the highest heaven speaks of the divine good or the divine love. The intermediate speaks of the divine wisdom, right? And then the lowest heaven speaks of the divine uses. Hallelujah. That is coming from these two. So now there are angels who are of a greater quality at the higher heaven Then the quality reduces even to the lowest heaven. So now I'm trying to show you something that even though these priests were priests in the earth. They were actually trying to mimic a priesthood that is in the heavens. Hallelujah. Please understand that? They were trying to mimic a priesthood that is in the heavens. So they are priests in heaven that are serving in the higher heaven. They are priests that are serving in the intermediate heaven, and they are priests that are serving in the lower heaven. In other words, every angel in the higher heaven is a priest. Every angel in the intermediate heaven is a priest. Every angel in the lower heaven is a priest. In the same way, every man who then is the angel in the highest heaven is a priest. Every man who is in the intermediate heaven is a priest. And every man who is in the lowest heaven is a priest. Please understand that. So the angels are priests. They are priests in God's tabernacle, in God's sanctuary. And that sanctuary is heaven. Now remember the priesthood speaks of Good works. So it means that there are good works that the angels of the highest heaven are producing. There are good works that the angels of the intermediate heaven are producing. And there are good works that the angels of the lower heavens are producing. Hallelujah. And these also speak to the levels of a man's mind. So according to the levels of the man's mind, then there are levels in you that are being influenced by the angels in the higher heaven. And then there are levels in you that are being influenced by the angels in the intermediate heaven. And then there are levels in you that are being influenced by the angels in the lower heaven. Please understand that. So then the priesthood is first in heaven before it is in the earth. Hallelujah. Please understand that. So what the priests were doing, they were mimicking what was happening in heaven. So if the angels of the lowest heaven, represents the Levites that were in the outer court, then what were they doing? Because they were not the ones to offer the sacrifices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were not the ones to offer the sacrifice, but they were the ones to make sure that the sacrifice is organized for the high priest to come and offer. So what were they doing there? Because that's an important thing to take note of. Hallelujah. And remember, these Levites, the level that they were, corresponds to the lower level of the natural mind.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now, my point is this. As we are in the earth,
0: okay, it is very important for us to come to terms with our priesthood. And it is important to understand how our priesthood works. Our priesthood is not in isolation. It is not a priesthood that is isolated from the heavenly priesthood. Hallelujah. It is a priesthood that works together with the heavenly priesthood. In other words, the priests in heaven are functioning in a certain way. And men on the earth are recipients of such works. Now, the priests in the heavens are to function in such a way that they correspond or agree or complement the work of the priests that are in heaven. Please, does that make sense? Okay, so you know that as you are being transformed by the Lord, you are not just being transformed to be joined unto the Lord. You are also being
1: transformed come into partnership with angels. You see, like the Hebrew writer said, yeah, come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God. He says
0: that you have come to the innumerable company of angels. Our spiritual transformation as we are in this earth is not just so that we may know the Lord. It is also so that it may bring us into partnership with the priesthood that is in heaven. Hallelujah. Please understand that. It is so that we may be brought into partnership with the priesthood that is in heaven. So our transformation brings us into partnership with the priests that are working to bring forth good works in heaven. Hallelujah. Please, when I say working to bring forth good works, I don't mean that. The good works are just done in heaven. I'm talking about the good works in all of God's universe. Okay, the priests are working to bring forth this good work. In our spiritual transformation, we come into partnership with these priests. So, as there are priests in the higher heavens, there are priests in the intermediate heaven, there are priests in the lower heaven, we also, in our spiritual transformation, depending on where we are in our spiritual journey, are in partnership with. The priesthood that corresponds to our spiritual level. Hallelujah. It means that whatever level you are in your spiritual journey, there is a partnership to be made. If your spiritual journey is such that it makes you someone who knows God, in quote, then
1: there is a partnership to be made. Hallelujah. So, you know, there's so much you can be, right? There's
0: so much you can be. You know that what you can be, you are not there. You see your heart, and you need to undergo a lot more transformation. Do you understand that? Okay. According to your spiritual orientation, as it is, okay, except you love evil and want to remain in it, do you get it? But if you don't want to remain in your evil, and you are working
1: towards not remaining in it, there is a place in heaven for you. Tujjana sana. You see, what I'm refraining from is to explain the nature
0: of those that are in the lowest heaven. Do you get it? Because well, those people, they are not anybody. When I say they are not anybody, like, I'm sure if God comes and says that he's going to check, I'm sure maybe all of us will be in the lower seven. Like, at least
1: we'll pass to be there. Do you understand that? <laughs> okay. So, my point is that you see
0: yourself, you feel like there's so much work for God to do on you, right? I'm saying that if you get to know those that are in the lowest heaven, you calm down. When I say you calm down, it doesn't mean that you stop, but you calm down. See how you are trying to do good work, but you realize that your motives are evil and all that time. But you still do it because it is required of you. So in some way, do you get it? That's
1: what is required to be in the lowest heaven. That's what is required. Do you know what is required to be in the intermediate heaven? To always take truth and force yourself to do it. Because that's what the truth teaches. Do you see? Do you know what it takes to be in the highest heaven? To love the good and
0: therefore to do it. See so there's a difference. The word teaches it. You agree with what the word teaches, even though you don't love it, like. Right? So it's not coming from love, but you agree with the word. So you drag yourself along the path of the truth, for the truth to be applied by you. That is intermediate heaven. That's why
1: in the intermediate heaven, what they prize the most is truth Do you see? You see something as little as this, if you don't understand, you really think your present
0: location is hello. <laughs> but maybe it's not. Hallelujah. Please, you see. So intermediate heaven, Charlie, if you get intermediate heaven, you go, right? <laughs> I'm saying that this intermediate heaven is just what you have been trying to do, taking the word and applying it so we see the truth in the word. So in terms of whatever you do, your immediate thought is what the word has taught about it. you understand what the word has said about it and your inclination to do it because the word has taught it. Do you see? The Lord has taught so in his word. Do you see? That's intermediate. Then to come to the place where you love
1: it. Do you see? And therefore you do it. That is the highest level.
0: Do you understand that? Yes. So now I'm explaining this to you because I want us to first and foremost understand that there is work for everybody in God's household. Except you are not there. You see, but if you claim that somehow within these three levels, you are found somewhere. Do you understand? And if you don't want to be presumptuous, maybe you just say at least lower heaven there you take, right? If if you are at the lowest heaven, I'm saying that there are priests that serve there, and by virtue of your being at that level, you come into partnership with
1: such priests and you operate together with them. Hallelujah. So now, our priesthood in the earth,
0: its substance is in the partnership with the priesthood that is in heaven. Do you get it? That's why the Lord says that when we pray, we should say that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, that will is the good works of God. So, he says that we should pray that his will as it is in the heavens will be done in the earth. So, whatever will be done here is according to what the will of God is, the good that has been determined or prescribed from heaven. And that is the work of the priest that is in the earth that the will of God will be done in the earth. And if the will of God is going to be done in the earth, it's going to be done in partnership with angels. In other words, every one of us, according to the level of our spiritual journey, comes under the influence of angels. Angels of a particular level, angels of a particular character. And under their influence, we are led to bring forth certain kinds of fruits. Now, because... All angels are not the same. It means that the fruit that you may bring, even though it is fruit, may not be the highest quality of fruit. You get it. But it is still fruit because in God's kingdom, there is not only the highest quality of fruit. There is fruit at every level. Hallelujah. And it's important to know because even though Aaron, Aaron's sons and then the Levites, they represent the priesthood, all of them, Aaron, Aaron's sons and then the Levite represents the Lord, who is both the high priest, the priest, and then the Levite, the Lord. Hallelujah. So if you think that what Aaron offers is of a higher quality, you get it. And so that is the Lord. I'm telling you that what Aaron offers, what Aaron's sons offers, and what the Levites also offer is all the Lord. So in the Lord, there are good works of various qualities, of higher qualities and of lower qualities, all found in the Lord. Because the good works of lower qualities are also useful in the Lord's kingdom. Please understand that. The good works of lower quality are also useful in the Lord's kingdom. You see, you would think that it is just a temporary thing that those good works must eventually become good works of higher quality. I'm also saying that
1: eternally there will have to be good works of lower quality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please you understand that.
0: Eternally there will have to be good works of lower quality. Because that is how the Lord comes down. The higher heaven does not just appear in its state as the highest heaven down. No, it goes through the intermediate and it goes through the lower heaven. And it is through the lower heaven that things come to this earth. Hallelujah. Because even though the angels, you see, I would say, oh, all of us, they would like to be in the lower heaven. And it means that they are not anybody. Actually, because they have put off the flesh, their wisdom is far, 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 far superior to yours. Hallelujah. Their wisdom is far, far superior to yours. And because of that, they
1: have something to offer. They have something to offer. They have something to offer. You see, our misunderstanding is that we think
0: that in God's kingdom, it is when you climb to the top that you have something to offer. But in God's kingdom, even the shrub has something to offer. Hallelujah. Please understand that. Even the shrub has something to offer. The trees have something to offer. The animals have something to offer then the humans that are made in the image of God also have something to offer. Everything in God's universe serves a purpose. And every spiritual level in God's universe also has a good that it must offer. Because those levels that are in the earth, we find the same levels in heaven. And there are angels in heaven that corresponds to every positive spiritual level in the earth. Hallelujah! In other words, where you are now currently, if you will give yourself as you are now currently, you will come under the influence of a certain force from heaven, and good works will come out of you. Hallelujah. Where you are now. You see, not where you must, where you must be there to come. Do you understand that? Where you must strive to be. But I'm saying where you are now. If you understand what I'm sharing with you, then you will know that you can still come under the influence of some angelic spirits from heaven. And there will be some good works that will come out of you.
1: Hallelujah. Not when you become the greatest. Not when you
0: come to the order of Aaron. Not when you come to the order of the sons of Aaron. Even at the level of the average Levite. Because this average Levite is the one that is living amongst the people. Hallelujah. You see, let me explain something to you. In the scriptures, the Israelites, okay, in the promised land, represent we possessing our inheritance in the Lord, okay, and becoming what the Lord has called us to be. Is that the case? But in many cases, they represent a potential state. In other words, they represent a people who have the potential to take hold of the promise. Not people who have taken hold of the promise. For instance, when they entered the promised land, there were people still living on the land. They needed to do what? Overcome those people in order to actually possess the land. You understand that? Now, when they are in a state of unrighteousness, they have not possessed the land, even though they live there you understand that so in many cases they are a representative of what could happen if they follow the lord please understand this so the levites actually are the people that have found god in this representation of the levites living amongst the people the levites represent those that have found god that is why the lord is their portion Well, if you find god then the lord is your portion The rest of the people that they are living amongst have not found God. But they are living amongst them so that through them they might find God. And the Levite in this case is the least of the priests. Hallelujah. The Levite in this case is the least of the priests. And even the least of the priests is living amongst the people and is as a judge amongst them that he may turn their hearts towards what is righteous. They must seek judgment from such a priest. So his people who don't have an inheritance, it's not that there's nothing for them to possess. They are actually the possessors of all the promised land. They actually are the literal representation of those who have possessed the land. The rest of the people are a potential Understand that they have the potential of possessing the promised land, just like everyone who is to be saved or who is to be delivered from evil has the potential to actually possess the promised land. So, when Jesus was sending the disciples, he said, Don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to the Samaritans, go to the lost sheep of Israel. You think that oh, at that time, he had not expanded his this. No, the Gentile is the evil man, hallelujah. The Samaritan is the one who is in falsehood, and in this case, they love their evil, they love their falsehood. The Israelite is the one that desires to come out of what it is that is plaguing him. That's the lost sheep of Israel. That's the lost sheep of Israel. And these are the people that the disciples, or in this case the apostles, were sent unto. And this lordship of Israel is what I'm also pointing out to you that the Levites living among the Israelites, they were living among them as people who have found God and are amongst people that they must lead to God. So a Levite amongst you means that through that Levite you will find God. Please understand that. A Levite amongst you means that through that Levite you will find God, not just through the high priest. That's one of the things that you must also understand. Those in the lower heaven, because of the nature of their spiritual strength, they don't operate with their strength alone. They operate under the auspices of the angels of the higher realm. So a lower angel is like somebody that a big person is following. Yes, and so. Like uh, you follow your child to school, right? Or somebody beats a child and the teacher calls the big person and says that the small person should beat the big person some. Do you guys see? They say beat himself. Now, the small person of his or her own accord cannot beat the big person. But because of the big man or woman behind the small person, now the small person has the strength to also beat the other person. That's the nature of those that are in the lower realm the strength of their activity is actually... (laughs) You see, listen, in spiritual things, the lower things are such that the higher things must subsist in them. So even though those in the lower heavens are not strong, God has designed it that they will not walk alone. That their angelic influence from the higher realm that comes upon them. What comes upon them is not their own. You understand that? But it comes to help them that they may discharge the duty that they qualify to discharge. So the Levite living amongst the people is not living there and doing the judgment from his own strength. He's living there and doing the judgment from the strength of the high priest who is Aaron, from the strength of the sons of Aaron Then now he becomes the outlet for the high priest and the sons of Aaron. Please understand that. It's not just he alone. And if you understand this, you understand what leadership in God's church is. Hallelujah. Now you think you are there. So that's why we are organized the way we are organized. But that's for the future. That's for the future. Today my point is that The average Levite is not allowed to enter the holy place to go and see what is happening there. Listen, it's not allowed, it's only Aaron's sons that are there. Holy of Holy There, you get it, and even in the outer court, they don't do the sacrifice. You think that they do? They say, Oh, the curtains are not well. This the Levite goes to arrange it. Like that's what they do. They are responsible for the menial duties in the tabernacle. Hallelujah. They are responsible for the menial duties in the tabernacle. But what they do, you see, as it is menial, it is representing something. Because that thing that they do, its influence is found in the lower level of the natural mind. Where that level of the mind is turned from what is of the senses to what is of the spiritual. That's their main work. Their main work is to try to get your attention to focus on what is spiritual. That's the simplest way to put it. And these are people that in the tabernacle are hanging the curtains and doing the little little things. And these people are living amongst the Israelites. And they are their judges. They are their judges. They are their judges. They are their judges. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are living among the people of Israel. And they they are judges. I came to tell you that whatever you think you are, except you don't like God. Hallelujah. Except you don't like God. But if you are trying to live for God, then there is a place for you in God, in terms of the priesthood and it's not just you in isolation you come into partnership with angels from the higher realm of priesthood so if you will yield yourself you will come under a certain spirit actually the holy spirit the holy spirit that we see see i've said this to you some time ago the holy spirit is angels actually the angelic realm is the holy ghost but again you have to open your eyes hallelujah it's not the holy ghost no because if god is coming in the spirit he must come through the higher angelic realm so god must depart so if let's say you are the higher angelic realm right you represent the group there you must pass on god to benedict in the intermediate then benedict must pass it on to Do you get it so where is the holy ghost is the holy ghost in the air no the holy ghost is moving in men So the angel that is a messenger of God, is a messenger carrying the spirit of God, actually. Please understand that. It means that this spirit of God, if this spirit of God is in all of heaven, then even those in the lower, let's say Michael represents those in the lower heavens, they also have the spirit of God. So it means that the Spirit of God that will come upon you will be different from the Spirit that will come upon you, will be different from the Spirit that will come upon you, not in terms of it's not God but in terms of the level of quality, in terms of the level of quality. Not because the Spirit has reduced in quality, but because it is tapered to your level. Do you understand that? So as you are here, the Spirit can come upon you. And use you to do some powerful work. Hallelujah. And the Spirit can come upon me and use me to do some powerful work, no matter where you think you are. Hallelujah. Because the earthly priesthood is done in partnership with the heavenly priesthood. And this is the nature of the heavenly priesthood Aaron, Aaron's sons, and the Levites. There are priests in heaven that are not even allowed to touch the sacrifice. They are not allowed to enter to touch the table of showbread. They don't do anything there. They don't qualify. But they are bringing forth uses. Hallelujah. So this is to help you cancel the idea that there's nothing for you to offer now. I'm also telling that there's something for you to offer now. Do you know when I started preaching to you? many years ago many 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 years ago do you understand that? If I'm to follow your example eh, of the way you are thinking of the priesthood if I'm to follow your example I shouldn't have said anything maybe it's not that I should talk but am I the same person who started preaching when I was on campus? No! Am I operating with a stronger spirit? Yes! Was I bold then? Yes. Am I bold now? Yes. Is the work that was done there then useless? No. Is its quality as what is being done now? No. Is it still the work of God? Yes. Hallelujah. Please understand that. And if there is a good work coming out of you, you must be bold to bring it out. Because that is what God is doing in you that is what god is doing with you it is important and it is still being done under the influence of the spirit of god not under anything not under your own influence the spirit of god can come upon you and use you to perform what you call a lower use and it is still a use the spirit of god can come upon you and use you to draw somebody's attention to spirituality without having the depth of one operating from the intermediate heaven to illustrate truth rationally to the mind of the person by you where you are something can come upon you your words may be few but if your words are chosen from the spirit that comes upon you you'll find that it bears a lot of influence You find that it bears a lot of influence. You find that it bears a lot of influence. Tell never be bold. The Lord can come upon you now. Now. You see, you have to understand that. See, there are some things that we don't think. When you are looking for the Lord, you don't say, God, do I qualify for you to come upon me now? No. You don't think that way. Because if you can come to the place where you are looking for the Lord, then God will come upon you. Do you know the qualification in the spirit? Desire. Their heart that says they are looking for God, and this heart there are different levels of that heart. There are different levels of that heart. I know that some of you think that uh, what you are, you, you have been called to do secular things. All of us have been called to do secular things, please. I'm saying that everybody has been called as a bringer of good works, and these good works are not. Oh, you're a driver, so you drive people from... No. Because what God is doing is to touch the souls of men. God is about the transformation of the souls of men. That's what God is doing. And every man in God's universe has a role to play in this very activity. Every man. Then when we finish, you can go to the very, very, very low, low things. Well, this thing that you do, unbelievers also can do. Do you see? Unbelievers can do. What type of ministry is it that unbelievers can also do? I'm talking about the ministry that unbelievers can do. That the Spirit of God will have to come upon you. In whichever
1: measure. That the Spirit
0: of God will have to come upon you. And I'm saying that every one of us, I know that we like to convince ourselves that we are not there yet. Do you see? And that there is, some of you are still hibernating. Hallelujah. Some of you are still hibernating. But that's one thing that you must change your mind from. We are certain ministry confidently a long time Perhaps I'm talking to you now, there are many things I don't understand and it's not that I've forgotten you. it's in my head that I don't understand, but, you understand that? I'm coming in full force in that one, and that's how you should behave there are things that may be beyond you now, there are things that are not clear to you, but the ones that are clear to you, through those ones the spirit of God can come upon you and mighty things shall be done by your hand, they say that we want people who are full of the Holy Ghost and faith to look after tables do you understand that? and they chose stephen who else did they choose they chose stephen right philip wow do you see because stephen is nowhere to be compared to the apostles but in spiritual things there are ranks and you have to understand it if the apostles serve the tables certain things will not work so they must be allowed to give themselves to the study of the word the ministry of the word and prayer Do you understand that? They must be allowed. So this guy coming as Stephen, he he seems to be of a lower rank. Do you understand that? And so he now comes to take charge of sharing food, and he needed to be full of the Spirit. It is this guy that went to talk somewhere, and they stoned him. And I'm saying his face looked like an angel. Is it not Philip that the Spirit of God caught, eh? This Philip, waiting table Philip, he, the Spirit of God could catch him, right? And then send him into the wilderness to go and explain a few things. If Peter were there, maybe he would have sent it to a higher level, right? But what the Ethiopian eunuch needed was somebody to explain a few things concerning what he was reading. And the Holy Ghost knew Peter was there. Eh? Who else was there? James was there, right? All these apostles were there. But and you have to understand, if the Spirit caught Philip, then you know that it was Philip's work. But Philip didn't just say that, I'll go, I'll go. No, the Spirit carried Philip and sent Philip into the wilderness. It was Philip's work. It was this Philip that continued to Samaria, right? Philip! Philip was called to wait on tables. Please understand that? I said, you can take a community. Listen, you don't need to be... (laughs) And you have to believe. I know, I know, I know that, you see, in the realm that you find yourself, when you enter this realm, people know too many things that you are always convinced that Charlie Charlie you've not started your journey you understand that? but I'm saying you have started your journey you are somewhere and where you are there's a spirit, it's not my spirit it's not another person's spirit where you are there's a spirit there hallelujah that realm that your spiritual state corresponds to, there's an angelic influence that is coming from there. If you submit to that angelic influence, where you are, you will do great and mighty things. And it will not just be that like, oh, I'm typing things on the computer and that is also good. You'll be touching the souls of men. You'll be touching the souls of men. And if you want to look at this, then you can understand the organization of the priesthood even amongst us. Because that same organization is how administratively the church is supposed to work. That if you think that you don't carry the anointing of the one that is standing here to preach to you. Do you know what Paul calls such ones? He calls them joints and ligaments. Hallelujah. There is the work of the joint and the ligament. Those that work such that the body is compacted and then it edifies itself but through those people their work you can be sent you see that prophet that sent an assistant with a rod that is higher than him he said when you go don't speak anything don't talk anything to anybody just go and do this thing and come back you can also be sent hallelujah with a spirit that if it is not added to your spirit you will not be able to do some work but because of the way god has done it we all move together so even though you are a levite eh, dwelling in some corner in the town you don't just carry your spirit you carry the spirit of Aaron you carry the spirit of the sons of Aaron when you are working there the anointing upon your head is the one that is upon Aaron's head is the one that flows to his beard and even to the skirt of his garments. is that anointing it's important for you to understand so you don't just judge yourself according to where you are I'm saying you can do great things because of where you are coming from it's time to rise it's time to rise I say you can take a community you can take a city you can take your area you can influence a group of people you will think that you are not done when is the day going to come I said, what am i said I started doing it a long time ago. If I had waited, what would I even be saying by now? Hallelujah. You are just looking at what has not yet been done with you. But when the Spirit is coming upon you, the consideration we leave behind what has not yet been done. When we finish, we return to continue the journey. But when the Spirit comes upon you, what you can do now is what is most important. And you have to have that thinking. That's the state of Jesus Christ. The time that he spoke, he is nothing. And the time that he spoke, he is God. Because in those states, the divine filled him. And in the other state, he was looking to the divine to fill him. So there is a point where you are looking to God to grow and God help me if you don't help me but there is a point that work has come and now we don't look to God to grow let me tell you something, when I stand here and I am looking at God fill me God fill me, God fill me, all that I am filled with is anxiety, but when I stand here and I say the spirit of the Lord is upon me it is a different situation there is a difference there are some of you that try to do something where is the spirit of God no we don't look for the spirit of god when we comes the spirit of god is upon you it's a disposition it's a posture of mind because even the operation of the spirit you will have to operate it as of yourself believing still that the hand of god is upon you so if you are looking you see no when you should be breathing out you are breathing in you are doing the wrong thing you fall victim to demonic manipulation in that state if you have tried it you should confirm for me you will see that that's not the time what can God do with you you small boy small girl doesn't know anything what can God do with you I've always been a believer like me I believe I just believe you see It doesn't matter if I just started, you see, it doesn't matter if I just started. Look at the woman at the well. Jesus just finished with her, you understand? In the encounter, there are two things to look at. She can look at herself and say, hey, you ready? Hey, hey, I have to let go of this one, this one, this one, this one. I have to turn away from this evil. Now, I have to turn away from this world. So, by the time Jesus finishes, we tell her, don't pay the a now. Now, or concert and life. Do you understand that? That's what she should do. But what does she do? She ran into the village. What did she have to say? The doctrine of what? No, she had a certain understanding that I've met that man. He has told me things that I have done. Is he not this prophet we have been waiting for? There will be a time, because when she goes to she will have to come and look for Jesus and continue the learning. But there is a time that the Spirit of God is coming upon you. Let the Spirit come upon you. Don't remind yourself that you have not reached anywhere because at times it's just an excuse. You now, nah, you don't want to step out and then risk maybe some shame or whatever. So you tell yourself that you have not reached anywhere. Since you start telling yourself you have not reached anywhere, How many years this? Have you reached? Can you not sit a few people down and begin to explain a few things to them? Can you not sit a few of your colleagues down and begin to explain a few things to them? Can you not isolate a few of your colleagues, one colleague at a time, and begin to discuss a few things that, when planned well, will lead to something? Can you not do it? Can you not do it? If you have nothing in your head, you can't here. A, a hand comes upon you every week to go into the world with. Can you not go with that hand? Or when will you finish? When will you eventually be able to do it? When We enter Tabernacle. Oh, uh, you rat would be a new Because I want to have cry. to sacrifice because he Everyone needs sons too. And first fire. They died on your level. Yes, But yet, we sit in a national, where in a national, where you are, where you are, where you stay, where you are with the people. You are the judge there. That was the work of the Levites. You are like the judge there in the ministry in the temple. You may not be anything, but God distributed the Levites among the people. So nothing stops you now. Nothing stops you. Everybody is not anything. Me to the corner that when I go, my mind debusts. bust. my mind the bust. My mind just the bust. And one of my habits is that before every special program, I go and I become tired. You see things. You see things. You see things. You see things is beyond you is beyond
1: easy
0: <laughs> then you see, very quietly come and share what is within your scope with them with them and I'm do I look like I've just seen something that I didn't understand before I came no but I have some <laughs> but what I've seen is what I've seen, and it will bless you. Are you not being blessed? You even this message, me steer you because me for baby. No, no, listen to me. This message I'm even preaching to you, I know there are aspects of it that I can't explain. You get it? time to me, a and yet they I'm very careful not to start saying some things I can't explain. So I'm delivering to you a message that will bless you in a way that I can explain to you. You see, I'll come again, right? I'll grow further. Then the same thing next time, but still, even then, right? There are things that you still don't know. You try and try. Some of you think that you don't know because you have not sat down to read it. No. You can read it, read it, read it, you still don't get it. Why? Because it's a light from heaven that must shine upon you. But you know something now. And you must rise up in that. You are a priest remember all of god's work is so that you may do good works yes and that is the priesthood that's the priesthood and god told the israelite that his aim was that all of them will become a kingdom of priests the levites are just a representative of what they must be and that is why they didn't have a portion but they lived among them Do you understand that? They are like the firstborn amongst them that belongs to God. It's like they represented the remnant amongst them, showing that God is in all of their things. Do you get it? All of us must be priests. Tell anybody you're a priest. You don't like it. Hallelujah. My You're priests. Hallelujah. It's your responsibility to operate so that God will come upon you. And it's your responsibility to show forth this God as he comes upon you every one of us you have a story to tell you have some good works to bring forth you have to wake up to this not just to look at the distance you have not yet covered because a lot of the times you will make more progress bringing forth the good works now it is through that you will even begin to cover more distance yes That's what Jesus said. He said, My meat is to do the will of the
1: Father. What can you do? Do you know you can rise?
0: Like, do you know you can rise? Or others must rise. You can rise it's not your cell leader that, that must rise you must rise And you can rise if you like check God, eh, he has already positioned you in your area of your community he has shared you <laughs> now if you where you are they don't use you to do anything in words, you're a So you're afraid. It doesn't matter. That's one of the things that I learned. When I was younger, I thought I needed to resolve people's opinion. Like resolve the situation of people's opinion about me. And people adjusting to the fact that maybe there's a calling on my life. And so then if they accept me, then I can be confident to give them what it is that I should do. That's what I should do. So I used to be very bothered. I remember I was in a hostel with my friend. The whole hostel, everybody called the man of God. We were we are two men of God that <laughs> What do
1: you
0: think? We are two men of God. Why is that you one? And you see, it can make you feel like, no. No, but the Lord showed me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whether they think of you highly, they don't think of you highly. You let the Spirit of God come upon you. Whether you have shown some weakness, or whether you have not shown some weakness. You get it. Those things are not important. I know you have to, you understand, like, be worthy of your calling. But a lot of the times, you feel like you have to hit a certain level of perfection before the Spirit of God can come upon you in a certain area. You get it. So the people that must see you, you must be so perfect. That's when you turn into a hypocrite in their presence. All of us were craves, or we tried to be craves in the S.H.S. Charlie, you see, have to be seen as sanctimonious there are people who have told me they don't know my type of man or what type of man of god is this the other i don't mind what do you mean you yourself you are blind who made you judge over me you can't see anything how must i taper myself to you for you to now agree that i'm a man of god wait till i'm done with you and normally it takes time then I'm like, I'm coming like a kairai. Right? <laughs> then you confirm. You confirm. It's like some of you that you are quick to let people think you're a nice person. No. You don't serve God that way. Hey! Yes, then feel like they've taken your power from you. They've not taken any power from you. I say you are still the judge there. Your problem is that you have not let the Spirit of God come upon you. Let the Spirit of God come upon you. It will resolve. Your Lordship will be resolved. (laughs) They will start calling you, my Lord, my Lord. Your Lordship, it will be resolved there. I'm telling you. Let the Spirit of God come upon you small. Sometimes we've been silenced because of such things. And we've convinced ourselves that we are not perfect enough to open our mouth to talk. You'll be silent for life. But you can let the Spirit of God come upon you. Hallelujah. I said, you have been sleeping, waiting for the day that God will wake you up. And I've come to wake you up. My message is that you should have woken up a long time ago. So, Adachi, Get up. You can do great things. Look, Dr. Joe was sharing with me that he has a memory of size where they went for psychology, exuberance, exuberance. Now, what's it? The minister came to preach, said, If you are sick, then they call people that you should come and stand there and pray for the sick. Say so he doesn't do anything, right? The way he was even he showing me, that uh, in Sandopod day he said, means we uh, are lights. Like, you see how your churches are you are not sure. <laughs>
1: he
0: said, Then hey, the person is healed. Do you see? Another one, hey! The person is healed. then they started directing, <laughs> then they were getting healed. The one that didn't happen they sent a madman his way down and <laughs> But that time, you are walking out from the oil. <laughs> but my brother, you are trying to enter the bush and be there for three years to come and come and heal the sick. Somebody just in the simplicity that, oh, you can just pray for the sick and hope for the best. This is your resort. I also say baby there until you have a. Let me tell you these things that I'm teaching you do you know when I started teaching you let me tell you something have you seen a field that is there like sharps long long so when you are there you don't see anything it's just before you like that this is how I taught you you see how then when they give you a market, you just read the one in front of you that's how I taught you I kept on reading the ones in front of me. The interesting thing about teaching truth is that even if you don't see the whole picture and you are faithful and honest with what you are teaching, as the bigger picture comes, it still makes sense. That's the reason you can change my messages to maybe six years, seven years, and there's no contradiction. At that time, let me preach it. What do you know now? You know I'm a a message that's what I did God is my witness I taught you the doctrine of Trinity I have not agreed with the doctrine of salvation through obedience listen I knew I was supposed to agree but I didn't agree but I agreed with Trinity so I taught you Trinity yeah I taught you Trinity when I was teaching Trinity some of you were in Providence hostel, the first I taught you to I didn't agree with how a man is saved. I taught you to treat it. Vim. Charlie, (laughs) Vimu. I'm telling you, because ah, if I know the truth, I should do what? When I taught you, didn't you start seeing things? You get it. But even down here it was a bit murky, right? You know why it was murky? It was making because it was also making in my own head. There you understand that? So my meckiness affected you. You get it, But I was just still not a blessing? At least did you not know, start realizing, no, oh, no, Jesus is one God? Is that not what we are trying to look at? That's what we introduce. Some of you, that's all that you start with. But I can teach you Trinity from any angle. This now I'm even teaching you. I can start teaching you Trinity now. You think we just arrived here? No. When I was teaching Trinity, it was making my mind. Charlie, see see that thing, you are trying to recollect things. Trying to recollect things. And I was teaching you how things are written. Giving you scriptures upon scriptures. And also, not being sure if you believe. Right? That's also there. So you're already on the defensive. Right? You see, I mean, I don't teach you on the defensive. You didn't know. It was God that knew. A lot of my teaching earlier, I was on the defensive. Charlie, your heart, they cut. So you didn't read the faces. Because Charlie, you are not sure if what should they talk, no? <laughs> you see? But you will know, right? Because the thing is that the job is there. God said you should teach it. So you are teaching it. But the reality also is that they may not think so. Did you understand that? Did anybody see that I was shaking? No. I was telling the leaders that times our BP, that goes up because we have done too many things we are afraid when we're doing like that's our life from the beginning we are afraid when we started mentors i was afraid but i came teaching you 21 laws of teamwork and things right those of you were there and you thought i was assured and you also followed right? by my heart because, because i was afraid if hey, this people get to know that this guy is starting this what would they think you will not be there to explain yourself when we needed to transition to become a church, I was a preacher that we are not a church. And we gained a lot of credibility because we said we are not a church. And God says, translate into to a church. You think my heart didn't cut? But it was as if it was a seamless dad. So you're not the only one whose heart cut. You see? Look me, those times, anytime I stood before sick people to even pray for them, my heart cut. Will they be healed? It's just not some few, this may that I, I came to the people. When, when I stand there, I know there is going. <laughs> you see? But you you want to reach where? You want to wake up one day and you know that everything is under your feet, right? And then now you start, they say you have the gift of healing, so you start using it. It's a long time ago. we you've done things that we are afraid when we did it. But we only knew that we should go forward. So we went forward. We only knew that this is the step to take, so we should take it. When I was stopping my work, we came from my honeymoon an and we stopped that way. You thought that it was hot. I don't think. My heart jars, the court, But what I had seen at the honeymoon there from God there, eh, it was superior to my heart cutting. So you yes know, there's a higher fear, that made the other fear but wow, I was afraid do you see so that pounding heart there you know, your problem is that your heart is pounding about useless things so if your heart will pound why not let it pound for God do you see if your heart will pound let it pound for God because that's the thing that is pounding there's a girl, you see, your heart is pounding. There's a boy, you see, your heart is pounding. You are going for an interview, your heart is pounding. Yes, but your heart can also pound when you stand to implement God's word, God's calling in your life. You catch somebody, you begin to teach the person a few things. You think your heart will not cut? Are you the only person who has taught people that you also know you don't know a lot of things? So if the person senses that you'll be in trouble. But when you do, you learn not to fear. You learn not to fear. You learn it. Even to not fear, you learn it. Hallelujah. Look, many years ago when we were giants, look, let me tell you something. What you are now, do you see? What you are now, when we were not even a percentage of it, we were giants. We had people that were mentoring the other side when well, we didn't do a percentage now see the thing you have a pot belly from eating and having nothing to do with the food you are eating see there's a disease and that's what the enemy has done put us under that disease convinced us there is not yet time to rise but in this period, I also teach you how to rise according to your measure. Well, you can rise. You can do great things. Things that when we hear of, we'll be shocked. You can enter your family and do things. Things that when we hear of, we'll be shocked. Huh? The first time I prayed for somebody to be, do you know where it happened? We came home from vacation. I think first year. Vacation. And then some woman, my mother's friend, they said she's sick. Now we call her English woman. She didn't go to school, but I tried try caboff. Well, when she was lying on the mat. So we then went to say hello. But at that time, you, know, you see how university uh, in Yame. Down Yame. So as we went there, I went with my sister, we asked her, no. Yes, <laughs> but if I cast my mind back, no, there was nothing in my head. But there was a certain thing that God said He will use us. you understand? Yeah. So when we went there, she said, As we have come there, that woman there, she believes she knew my calling. You see, some of oh, you, that's one of the things that is left. <laughs> that woman, recently, she felt her leg was missing. Just some few weeks ago. I called her, she said, as I, I should pray for her. I pray for her. My mother said, Oh, I should tell her to go to the hospital. So, in some three days, that I was going to call her. To that hey, as she like, but when I called her, you no, know, I realized that me, that I pray for her, you no. Know, Do you see my faith, you know, is different from her faith because she has started getting well. He said, It's never just a dark spot to be. Then I spoke to her again, so it's fine. Quite another. The only thing that she needed was that I would call her to pray for her. And that was it. So, this is the woman. So, our first time. He said, That thing that you people came to do there, you not know, there, that's what has made me believe this one. So, when, when she was sick on the floor, so my sister is the one that sees things, right? And me, I'm the one that challenges. I trust. <laughs> we've not seen anything but You see, that's what I'm At I look at some of you, you know, you see. The things you have seen, do you see? The things God has shown you. When we started moving, God had not shown us anything. We were just doing it. Because we have seen that God says it's possible. That's all. But some of you had visitations and vision and things. But you are still there. Do you see? That's why you tell me some of your visions it's like I'm listening but I don't if like come and ask me some three days later whether what you said, you see I don't remember because I don't know what you are doing it's a waste of everybody's time, you can keep recounting your visions eh, till we die and nothing will come out of it, but don't dream one eh? don't have a vision one, don't have a prophetic word one and just believe this thing that the hand of God can come upon you just believe it and we'll look at some of the things to engage the hand of God upon you, right? Just believe that one. You will see. You see. see. My thinking is that if it's before us, then we have to do it. Even if we are afraid, we we'll have to do You get, get, get it. What is on your head now? Don't you think that. Don't you think that the ministry, you know, it has arrived in your domain now. But you are still trying to get our message. <laughs> I said, I preached it when I didn't get a lot of things. So what you have got is enough. There are many people preaching like big people who don't have even 10% of what you carry. And what you know is to do when you hear them Right. hey, this is the message is a All that you know is to use what is in your head to criticize. But at least they they've seen that they must rise and do something. One day, you waste a lot of time criticizing people and dwelling on what people are doing that is wrong. Because it makes you think that you that you have not done anything. Because you know that what they are doing is wrong, you are doing something. But to know that what somebody is doing is wrong is not something you have done. It doesn't mean you have done anything. And some of you, that's what you do. What you do is to use what you have been taught to judge and condemn people that are teaching false things. Then that's all. Now who will teach the true things? If you begin to teach the true things, you realize that there's no time to condemn anybody, even though what they are teaching is wrong. You don't have time. If you spend your energy condemning people and, doing, hmm, and lamenting over how there are errors, you find that you will add those lamentations as part of your good works. In your mind, that's what you think. So you will not be doing anything, but you'll be convinced that you are up to something great. But you are not up to anything. All that you are doing is to criticize and condemn people in your mind and think that you are better than them because you know better than them. But to know is not anything. What are you doing with what you know? What you know is how you cannot listen to certain people. But whatever about do, that must listen to you. Hmm? so we met this woman on the floor said we should pray for her pray in the name of Jesus then when I finished I asked my sister what does she say she saw something like flies leave the woman's body then we left so when we left she got up and continued with her life what did we know at times if you know too many things it complicates things now, if you're to the right place, I once an order, share about the half, and another day, on my forehead, and another day, my attachment, sir, baby, I touch you. Yeah, Actually I tell they know people. They get better results. You just go with the road that you were sent with. what do you think what are you going to do that will constitute ministry your ministry is going to start what will constitute the starting of your ministry It's time. It's time. It's time. It's
1: time.
0: It's time. God has already carefully positioned you. Look, anybody that says, What should I do? You don't get the message. I said, God has already positioned you. If you can tell me you have not been positioned, come. I like close, come. God has carefully, if you are to arise, there is so much you can do. Except that you are telling yourself that you have not yet reached the level that when you reach and the hand of God will come upon you. You see, even those in the lower heavens are doing great things. And you know the interesting thing? All of us start from the lower heavens. So if you have started, you are there. And you can come into partnership with the angels from there. And you can do the lost work. You also can do the lost work. Jesus called the disciples. Look at me. The field is white. The harvest is plenteous. The worry is not the harvest. The problem is that I pray to the Lord of the harvest that He will send more laborers. Who are the laborers? The priests. The priests. The priests. The priests. The priests. The priests. You have to understand. You don't look at it that because you have places that you have to keep quiet and listen. Because the wisdom coming is superior to your wisdom. It means that that is all. There are also places that when you go, you have to listen to. Because your wisdom that is from God is superior. To Every one of us, this is the time to rise.